Now, last week, Pastor Brandon, Brandon started a brand new series called Grow, a series that hopefully will help you uh, maximize your lives and, and, to, and to reach the destiny that God has for you. How many of you know that every living thing grows, right? Or it should grow. If it doesn't grow, it's, it's not healthy. And so last week, Pastor Brandon talked about the nature of growth. And, uh, and, and everybody has the potential in them. We're all seeds. And we all have the potential to grow. Everything God created, He created with a seed. We have the seed of Jesus Christ in us. Amen. And so we can grow. How many of you believe that? But today I want to talk to you about the importance of balanced personal growth. Uh, it's not good enough to just grow, to pursue personal growth. And, and many people pursue growth, but many times when we pursue growth, we pursue growth in an unbalanced way. And I want to unpack that thought for just a moment. In Ephesians 4.15, it says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. Paul says we are to grow up in every way. In how many ways? In every way, which means we need to grow in balance. Why is personal growth in balance so important? Because an out-of-balance life gives an open door to the enemy. In uh, 1 Peter 5.8, in the Amplified, it says this, Be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant, cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Now, Peter says, be well-balanced, vigilant, and cautious at all times. It's amazing that he, he would use the word balance there in talking about being careful about the enemy. He says to be vigilant. Why? Because our enemy, the devil, roams around. He roams around like a roaring lion, hungry to devour somebody. And how many of you know the enemy is slick? And, and he's, he's always working to try to take advantage of somebody. And we can't ever drop our guard. We got to constantly be vigilant because he'll never sleep. And he'll always try to take us out. Amen. Listen, excess living, a life out of balance is the devil's playground. And so we have to, we have to really pay attention. For example, work is good, right? We should work. How many of you agree with that? We should work. The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat, right? But if work becomes out of balance, it can give the enemy an open door into your life. How many of you know that's true? Rest and pleasure. How many of you think that's good? Thank God for a Sabbath, right? But if rest and pleasure gets out of balance, you know what happens? You become lazy, selfish, self-centered if you don't watch out. So even rest out of balance can be a problem. Even rest and pleasure, which is good, can give the enemy an open door. Here's another example of a life out of balance. If you're too busy growing your business, you're a business owner, and you're busy in building your business, or you even have a hobby that you really like to do, and you don't take time to sow into your relationships, 
It's going to give the door, it's going to give the enemy a door into your life and it can give you problems in your family. How many of y'all know that already? Amen. So here's the bottom line. If you spend too much time growing in one area, but you neglect other areas of your life, that's going to give you problems in your life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So living a life of balance is the devil's opportunity to take advantage of you and destroy you. A perfect example of this is uh, Jesus told that story of the rich farmer. Remember the rich farmer? He said in Luke 12, he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I have room for all. I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Now, this is a perfect picture of living a life out of balance. The rich man obviously was living a life out of balance. He worked hard. He was successful. He had more crops than he needed. He had more resources than he had room to store. But yet he was out of balance in his spiritual life. He was strong in his career. He was strong in his financial life. But where he was lacking is is in his spiritual life. He failed to balance his life out with financial growth and spiritual growth. Do you see that picture? And it opens the door. A second reason pursuing balance is important is that out of balance life can rob you of the best things in life. Isn't that true? I mean, how many of you spend all your time and resources and energy doing something? And while you were investing in this, you realize one day, man, I'm neglecting another area of my life. And man, I'm not, this is not the best use of my life. You ever got to that place? There's no doubt the greatest in the kingdom of God is those with servant's heart. Isn't that right? Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you will be your servant. But you know what? You can be an amazing servant, have a powerful ministry and God's and and miss out on God's best for your life. If your life is out of balance. Even something as good as serving Mary and Martha illustrates this. You're familiar with the story when Jesus went to visit Mary and Martha. You remember the experience that he had with them. It's a story of being out of balance in Luke 10. While they were on their way, it occurred that Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha received and welcomed him into her house. That's good. And she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet, was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me to lend a hand and do her part along with me. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary and Martha is an example 
of one that was living in balance, one that wasn't. Martha was living an out-of-balance life. She had grown into a great servant of God, and she was doing great things, right? But according to Jesus, Martha was missing on the best thing. She was sacrificing her relationship with him. See, Martha's out-of-balance life caused her to be overly occupied and miss God's best. Remember the priest Eli? He was called of God, but the Bible says he lost his profession and he lost his calling. Why? Because he neglected his own family. It's a picture of out of balance. Are you growing in out of balance way in your life? It's, un, it's not uncommon for us to grow, but we're growing in one area and we're growing out of balance. We're growing in one area while we're neglecting another area of our life. How many of you know that's not, that's not the model Jesus has for us? Amen? So how do we live our lives in balance? Well, I think we need to look at the model, Jesus Christ. How many of you know he's the model we should model our life after, right? In Luke chapter 2 and verse 39, it says this. When Joseph and Mary had done everything... Required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Now notice it says concerning Jesus, he grew and he became strong. He grew and he became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And you know, whenever I read that, I thought, you know what? If we will keep growing, you know what's going to happen to you and I? The grace of God is going to constantly be on our lives. Amen? You grow, the grace of God's there. You grow, the wisdom of God is there. And so Jesus is our example, the model of personal growth. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, it says this, And Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and men. Now, we know that Jesus never stopped growing. He kept growing. He continued to grow, to advance, to learn more, to become a better version of who he was. In Luke 2.52, it gives us the formula for balanced personal growth. And if we'll just look at this one verse, it'll help us not to get out of balance, but to get in balance. You know, if your body is out of balance, you're going to be sick. If your diet is out of balance, you're going to be unhealthy. God created everything to be in balance. He created the galaxies. You know, if the earth was any closer to the sun, we would all burn up. If it was any further from the sun, we would all freeze, right? But God creates balance. He creates seasons in life. And listen, order is in balance. Health is in balance. And God wants you and I not to be a one-sided type individual and just grow in one area. He wants us to grow balance like Jesus did, so we can reach our potential in the destiny that God has for us. Amen? Now, in verse 52, Jesus gives us uh, four keys to achieving balance in our life. The first one is you must grow in biblical mental maturity. Jesus grew in wisdom. It doesn't matter how old you are, you could still grow. It doesn't matter what you've learned, you could still grow. And the Bible says that Jesus kept growing. He kept growing. He kept getting wiser and wiser. Why? Because he kept mentally growing in biblical wisdom. Now, remember when Jesus, remember when they were on that caravan and they were going down to Jerusalem and uh, his parents lost him for a minute. Do you remember where they found him? He was seated at the feet of the rabbis, of the teachers. And he knew more than them already because God had graced him. But you could see the appetite he had to learn and to grow. My friends, 
We need to keep an appetite for God. I need a better amen than that. We need an appetite for God. Amen. And, and Jesus had an appetite. What is wisdom? It's important to understand what it's not. Wisdom is not IQ. You can be, you can be very intelligent, have an IQ, but not, or a high IQ and not be very wise. Come on. Can I get a better amen there? Wisdom is not having a formal education. You can have all kind of, you can have masters and doctorate degrees. You can have a double master, a double. You, you can have more degrees than a thermometer, right? But not be wise, right? True wisdom. Listen, is having the ability to apply biblical principles in your everyday life. You see, even just knowing the Bible doesn't mean you're wise. Wisdom is applying the word of God. And so listen, some of us, we know way too much and not doing quite enough yet. Amen. Come on. Y'all help me preach today. So then how do you grow in wisdom? First of all, you got a hunger to gain wisdom. You got to desire it. Read, read the Bible, read books, read commentaries, read books about the Bible, listen to teachings, study, ask questions, sit at the feet of those that have been walking with God for a long time, and they will help you grow in wisdom. Amen. But we need to become hungry. Remember that suitor that came to the rabbi and he said, Rabbi, I want to learn. I want to learn. He said, okay, meet me at the river. And so the, the student met the rabbi of the river. Y'all know this story. Some of you are smiling. I, I assume you know this story already. And, and so the student met the rabbi and he says, come here and meet me in the water. And so the student walked into the river. And so rabbi grabbed him and stuck his head on the water and, and wouldn't let him come up. And he's struggling to come up. Finally, he lets him up. He's like, rabbi, what are you doing? He grabs him, puts him back under. And he's like, man, what's this? This guy's going to kill me. And he finally comes up out of the water and he's gasping for air. The rabbi grabs him and puts him down again. And he's like, oh, this is going to be the end. And so finally he lets him up and he's like, you know, like, I, I'm not sure about this rabbi. And the rabbi says, whenever you get hungry enough for God and the way you were hungry for air just now, then you're going to become a great student in the kingdom of God. Come on, like Brandon said last week, we do what's important to us. Amen? How many of you know you'll never go wrong when you learn the truth of the Bible and the Word of God? But here's another thing. You hunger for it, but you can ask the Lord for it. How many of you know the Lord can download wisdom in you that you never knew before and you never you heard about it? Like this guy that was in, in penitentiary. Uh, I mean, in, he was solitary confinement. He was imprisoned in a, in a foreign country. And he became a Christian in there. He didn't have any Bible or anything. He came out quoting verses. And they said, where did you learn the Bible? He said, I don't know the Bible. And they said, yes, you know the Bible. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is the teacher? And if you ask the Lord, Lord, would you give me wisdom? How many of you know it doesn't matter how many degrees you have behind your name? The Lord can give you greater wisdom than those that have all the degrees. Amen. Because the, the spirit of the Lord can teach you everything you need to know. James 1, 5 says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Isn't that great that we can grow in wisdom? A second area we need to grow in to achieve balance. Jesus first, he grew in wisdom. But in Luke 2.52, it says, your life, if you want to grow in balance, your personal life, you must grow in physical maturity. Jesus grew in stature. That means physically. But I believe this means more than physical, like he just grew taller. 
I believe that personally, to me, it means growing in physical health. How many of you know you can only enjoy life as much as your body will allow you to? Come on in it. Come on. Some, some of the people in here say, can say a better amen than that, right? So listen, I really believe we can only enjoy life to the point that our physical health will allow us to. And so how do you grow in physical health? You have to exercise. You know, you have to eat better. I mean, you know, boudin, cracklings. I mean, come on now. That's some good stuff. Yeah. But how many of you know if that's your diet? That's not good. You got to eat a balanced diet, right? Come on, this is not going over well here in Cajun country. Oh, man, I, that pastor told me not to eat boudin. No, no, no. Just don't eat too much of it, right? But how many of you know reducing stress by getting proper rest is good for you? Growing in good physical health is essential to enjoying a good quality life. You got to exercise. You got to eat right. You got to properly rest. And see, it sounds so unspiritual. But you know, we're in the Old Testament. When God gave Israel all those dietary laws, it wasn't because he was trying to control them. He wanted them to be healthy. And he wanted them to be strong. And so I think sometimes, you know, we say, man, it's all about, you know, spiritual growth. And obviously that's important. But how many of you know taking care of your health is important too? Come on, let me hear a better amen. Even if it hurts, say amen right there. All right. A third area we need to grow and achieve personal balance. To achieve balance in your life, you must grow in spiritual maturity, right? And so Jesus grew in wisdom and statue in favor with God. Jesus grew in favor with God. The stronger your spiritual walk, the greater your ability to enjoy a blessed and a favored life. Amen? Come on, how many of you want the favor of God on your life? Listen, the favor of God doesn't come through osmosis. It doesn't come by just sitting in a church pew. Amen? Come on, how many of you know you got to grow spiritually? You know, whenever I was working in the oil field, and, uh, you know, sometimes... You know, on the, on the job, it can be, you know, political and can be dog eat dog world. And, you know, I, at the time I was experiencing, uh, some, a supervisor that was forcing me. He was, he was putting pressure on me to, uh, to live his lifestyle whenever I had become a Christian and wasn't interested. And, you know, I, I got concerned and I got worried about my future. And then one day it just occurred to me that no man, our company, could determine my level of success in life. All I needed to do was have the blessing and the favor of God on my life, and God could bless me, and God could favor me, and God could take me from glory to glory and blessing to blessing. Amen? In Psalm 75 and 6, it says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. And he putteth down one, and he setteth up another. How many of you know nobody can stop you when God's favor and blessing is on your life? Amen. And so I encourage you to grow 
How do you grow in favor with God on your life? You keep growing in your relationship with God, developing spiritual habits in your life so you can become stronger in the Lord. Amen. And you see, that's, that's what motivates you. That's what should motivate you to pursue God and seek God. The stronger you become in the Lord, the more of the favor of God you're going to have on your life. The more blessing of the Lord you're going to have on your life. Amen. Come on, I'm getting excited right now. Hey, 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Amen. Come on, we got to train ourselves to be godly, right? It takes personal discipline to develop spiritual maturity. Developing spiritual habits like prayer and Bible reading and fasting and serving. And you know, if you study the life of Jesus, he was always praying. He was always ministering. He was always seeking God's will for his life. His relationship with the Father was a priority in his life, no doubt. I mean, he, he was, he was very popular. He had, he had healing lines that never ended. He had to sneak around because people would, would throng, throng around him. And he would get, he was disciplined to get away and spend time with the father by himself. Cause he knew that, listen, if he was going to be able to help the people he was going to minister to, he needed the touch of the father on his life. Can I tell you something? If we're going to live a highly favored and blessed life, we need the touch of the Father on our life, right? And we need to make Him a priority in our life. If you want to go to the next level, I suggest you make this a, a balanced part of your life and you grow spiritually that the grace and the favor of God will be released over your life. Amen? And listen, if your boss is standing in your way, God can take your boss out of that company and put him in another company and release you to the level that you need to be in. Amen? You might not have all the education, but God don't need a bunch of education to favor you and to bless you. He can use you despite what you know. Amen. He takes the weak things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. 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 I have good news for you today. You can grow in favor with God. And growing in favor means greater mercy, greater blessing and provision of God on your life. I encourage you, just keep pressing in. We can't ever stop pressing in. Amen? The final area Jesus teaches we need to grow in is uh, you must grow in social or relational maturity. So he says there that Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, stature, in favor with God and men. So Jesus grew in his relationship with God, but he also grew in favor with people. He grew in relationship, favor with men. More and more people liked him. More and more people wanted to be around him. And so I believe that he developed people skills. He learned how to talk to people. He learned how to treat people. He learned how to get along with people. You grow in favor with men by practicing relational skills, following the golden rule. In Matthew 7, 12, it says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want to want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. So practicing the golden rule helps you to make friends, right? How many of you know we got to be good? Listen, 
You know, some people, they never move up in life, not because they don't have uh, education or they, they don't have the ability, the, the competency to do their job. They just struggle to get along with people. And the boss gets tired of it. And he says, man, every, all I ever do is stop fights. Life would be better without you. Come on. Crickets, 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 crickets. Isn't that true? I mean, come on, y'all, we're all adults, or most of us here. Isn't that true? The better we get at getting along with people, the better our life is going to be. Amen. Amen. Hands down. No, 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 no qualms about it, right? So we need to make friends. You know, I have a friend that told me the story. He was working in this company, and uh, uh, he was like the head sales guy. And he was, he was pretty, he had a pretty good ego about it, you know. I'm the head sailor. And so he barked orders and all that, you know, walked around, his chest out and stuff. And, and so this one particular guy, he, he just, you know, he didn't like him. The guy didn't like him. And, and so he just really just gave him a rough time. One day he showed up at work and the boss, the head boss said, Hey, we need to get in the conference room. I got some announcements to make. And he brought them all in the conference room. And the guy he was fighting with all the time got promoted to be his boss. <laughs> How many of you know that was a bad day right there? And you know what happened? He didn't stay that company very long. And this guy continued to be successful. And he said, the moral of that story is you got to watch who you treat badly. It could be your boss one day. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So Jesus grew. So listen, we need friends. Why? Because friends allow us to accomplish and achieve more in life than we could ever accomplish on our own. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.19, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Some people think, I don't need anybody, man. I'm just going to do it myself. I can get along just fine all by myself. Listen, you know what? If you want to be successful in life, you need to build relationships with others because listen, your abilities is limited. But when you get around other people, your abilities go through the roof. Your, your opportunities go through the roof. It's a supernatural principle. Friends allow you to climb higher in life. Leviticus 26.8 says, one can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000. How many of you know when friends get together, they can face the mountains of life and you can climb higher than you would ever climb otherwise. Amen. You can achieve and accomplish more in life if you just learn how to get along with people. In Mark 6 and 7, it says this. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out two by two. That's a principle. The reason why I believe he sent them out two by two it's because one, when one would get discouraged, the other one could encourage them. When one was tired and about to give up, he had a friend that could put their arm around him and help him up. You know, in concentration camps, when they try to weaken somebody, the first thing they do is isolate you from everybody else because they know if they can get you alone and badger you and come against you, they can weaken you. But they know if you can just get one friend that stands with you and says, you can make it, man. You can get it, man. You can do it, man. Don't give up. Hang in there. Then they're going to make it through that trial and that tribulation. Amen. So we need friends. How many of you know we need friends? Friends encourage us through the discouraging times. 
Everyone gets discouraged. Everyone. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, For either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. We need friends. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up. So here, here's the deal. Is, um, some people say, you know what? I'm just going to worry about growing in my relationship with God. And I could care less about everybody else. That's unhealthy balance. And some people say, well, you know, I was raised poor. I'm never going to be poor again. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to build a big business. I'm going to make a lot of money. And anybody standing in my way, I'm going to run over. And listen, I ain't got time for that church stuff and all that Bible reading stuff. I got to make a living, man. I got to, I got to succeed and they're out of balance. And so when Jesus says, when that verse tells us about Jesus that he grew in those four areas, it's telling us that Jesus never allowed his life to just be a one dimensional life. He divided up his life and said, listen, I need to grow in my spiritual life. Yes. But my family is important. I need to build relationships in my home. And my family is important. And I need to make a living. I need to scratch out a living. I need to put food on the table. So they work hard at making a living. And they realize that, listen, while they tending to their, their relationship with God, their relationship with their family, and they build a great business, they know that if they don't treat their body well, their body's going to come back to, to take them down. They need help to be able to make it and survive in life. Amen? Can you see the picture that, that he's painting here? Listen, it's not just good to grow. We need to grow balance. We need to grow in every area of our life. That's why you have people, you know, you know, sometimes you have people that they, they can quote the Bible better than me. They can tell you chapter and verse. They can tell you, they can give you the prophecies in the New Testament and the Old Testament. And they can tell you all about the spiritual gifts and, and they can tell you how and when and where and how and, you know, all this stuff. But it's like, man, they, they just like, they, they just can't function in society. Are y'all with me out there? And so I believe that Jesus gives us a picture that we need to grow in a balanced way. Every time I think about growing in a balanced way, I think about my friend's comic strip, his cartoon in the Bible study. You heard me say this before. But he was talking about this one day years ago. It was like 30 years ago. We are in a Bible study. It was his turn to teach. And he brought his composition and he drew the stick man. And the top of the stick man looked like Lou Ferrigno. I mean, he had these big old biceps and he had these lats and, you know, his pecs were out here. I mean, wow, man. And then whenever you look down below the waist, he had these little bird legs. And he said, this is a picture of when you allow your life to grow out of balance. You get that? It's probably the only thing you're going to remember today. But if you remember that, come on, don't just work on your biceps. Work on your bird legs too. Amen. Amen. That's, that's deep theological preaching right there. Amen. Why don't you do me a favor and stand with me this morning as we close. Why don't you just close your eyes with me for a moment. Let's pray together. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing today when it comes to personal balance in your life? Maybe, maybe while I was teaching, maybe you got a little bit uncomfortable by something that I was saying. 
And listen, I want you to, you know, sometimes we can get to that place where we won't let anybody teach us anything. We become unteachable. And when you become unteachable, you can't learn. And if you don't learn, you stop growing. The Holy Spirit's job is to say that's truth right there that you need to hear and you need to receive. And so if you got uncomfortable just a little bit while I was teaching, just look at it as the Holy Spirit just saying, listen, I don't want you to grow up to have bird legs. I want you to live a balanced life. I want you to live a healthy life. Our bodies are healthy whenever it's in balance. Anything out of balance, we are healthiest when our diet is in balance. Our lives are stronger. They're more stable when our life is in balance. We need to grow. We need to grow in balance so we can live a healthy and a vibrant life. What area do you need to focus in on today? If you have the nerve to maybe just ask your spouse if you're married, ask some friends around you, am I, am I out of balance? Am I living out of balance? And let them help you. And God is going to help us to reach our destiny and our potential that he destined us to live with. Amen? Remember, there's great potential in every seed. There's great potential in you. But if a seed is in a balanced environment, it grows and it reaches its potential. Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that God, you would just release your grace across this room. I know there's great potential in this room. But I know we can't reach our potential until we grow into maturity. And I know to grow into maturity, we have to make some shifts, make some changes. And I pray the grace of God be upon each of us today. The Lord just maybe do, make some tweaks in our life so that we can live a life that will bring glory and bring honor to you. If you're here today, maybe the area that you need to grow in is your spiritual maturity. Jesus said you got to be born again. you, you got to have a spiritual birth before you can ever grow spiritually. And you maybe are here today and have never done that. And the Lord is just, He's just tapping on the door of your heart today and saying, hey, open your heart to me. Let me come in. You know, if we just acknowledge our need for God, just be willing to repent of our sins, ask Him to forgive us, He will forgive us and, and He'll change our life. So if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I believe that today is the day for me to re surrender my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand while everybody's got their, their heads down and praying. Just raise your hand and just let me know that you, you need prayer, that you want me to pray with you about that prayer. Okay, I see your hand. Anywhere else? Hey, it's worth it. I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you that have your hands raised, let's pray this prayer together. We're going to pray it as a family. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I choose this day 
to surrender my life to you. I repent. I want to turn from my ways and I want to serve you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to live the Christian life. I'm going all in. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. And listen, those of you that raised your hand and prayed that prayer, we don't want to embarrass you, but there's a card in the pew. If you'll take the time to fill out that card, bring it into the uh, lobby, into the desk there. We have a gift for you, a Bible for you. We just want to pray for you and help, help you on this great journey. Amen. Come on. How many of you want the favor of God on your life? Lord, I pray that every person in here will grow in favor in their life. The favor of God and man be upon their life, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, you can come forward.